So this should be a season of joy, or is it? Has COVID-19, soon to be COVID-20, <laughs> um, put the damper on the Christmas spirit, the holiday spirit, the restrictions, and then maybe the presidential elections, which are yet to be fully determined, but we see there's a process there. Maybe the cancellations, the closures, restricted gatherings. Can we still find joy? Can we still find joy? So let me ask you this. I'm going to ask you a question. How full is your joy tank? <laughs> Ten being you're like, I'm just like, joy is overflowing. And wherever you walk, it's like little bubbles of joy are popping off of you. Joy. Or one is like, can somebody, I'm just like barely getting to the joy tank. I'm just, I need some joy added to me. So rank yourself. You got your number? All right. So tell, lean over and tell your friend what joy number you are. Okay. So if you, if you are lacking in joy, do you know where to find it is the question. Do you know where to find it? Where does it come from? And is joy the same as happiness? All right, so where do we find it? Is it from our circumstances? Is it when you get what you want for Christmas? Is it when you, you are anticipating some great thing that's going to happen? Is joy then? Where, is joy, where do you find joy? Is it found when, you get, when we get back to normal, right? I can feel joy when we get back to normal. And what is normal any day, anyways, right? So C.S. Lewis, I love C.S. Lewis. Uh, if you ever watched or read the Chronicles of Narnia, says this, the Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We're half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in the slums because he cannot imagine what it's meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are, are, we are far too easily pleased. C.S. Lewis, where does joy come from? If you turn with me into your Bibles, uh, I'll give you time to get there. So please, if you have the app or your Bible app, go there. It's important that you read this. If you have your physical Bibles, I love that you still carry your physical Bibles. I saw a young person today walking in with her Bible. Where's Natalie? Natalie in this room. She might be, oh, Natalie's in a kid's church. She came prepared with her Bible. I love it. So come prepared with your Bibles. <clears throat> so um, on 1 John uh, chapter 1 is where we're going to have you look. But while you're turning there, let me just tell you where you're not going to find joy. See, people have pursued joy, and they've mistaken the locations of joy, and they've pursued it only to find that it's keeping them lacking. So what, <laughs> I guess a good way to find out where you can find joy is start by looking where you can't find it. So first of all, it's not, not in unbelief. Joy is not found in unbelief. Voltaire was an infidel of the most pronounced type, and he wrote, I wish I'd never been born. So just kind of like, 
hey, anything goes. I don't have to believe in anything. Um, how did that go for Voltaire? I wish I had never been born. Uh, it's not found in pleasure. Lord Byron lived a life of pleasure, if anyone did, and he wrote, the worm, the cranker, sorry, the canker, and grief are mine alone. Pleasure. If you're looking for joy, it's not found in pleasure. If you're looking for joy, it's not found in money. Here we go. Jay Gould, the American millionaire, had plenty of that. When dying, he said, I suppose I am the most miserable man on earth. So not found in money. Not found in, joy's not found in position and fame. Lord Beaconsfield, there we go. How's that for a name? I'm Lord Beaconsfield, here at your service. Enjoyed more than his share of both. Well, he wrote, and fame and fortune, it's not found there. It says, youth is a mistake, manhood is a struggle, old age a regret. Okay, position and fame doesn't get you joy. And then none of us are necessarily, we were formally served, I know, because we just celebrated you in Veterans Day, but uh, military is not going to give you the glory. Alexander the Great conquered the known world in his day. Having done so, he wept in his tent before he said, there are no more worlds to conquer. He said that weeping, like as if he's trying to longing for something. So it's not in pleasure, not in money, not in position and fame, not in significant accomplishments. It's not in unbelief. So where is joy found? I think you know the answer. Over the next several weeks, though, we're going to be going on this series of of generous joy. It's a season of generosity, right? It's a time to to be generous with gift-giving. It's a time to be generous with our lives. But I want us to be bubbling over with joy, not only this Christmas season, this Advent season, but I I want you to be marked by joy. I want when people are around you to say, where is it that you are finding this joy? Well, let's look at 1 John 1 through 4. Interestingly enough about this, by the way, John, one of the, Jesus' disciples, writes this in 1 John, that he tells us where our joy is is to be found, and it becomes complete when we do this. He gives us the answer. First John 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. They're talking about Jesus now. He's saying we, we actually touched Jesus. We lived with him. The life was made manifest. In other words, Jesus... God became a man on earth, made manifest to us, and we have seen it, and testify it, and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ, and we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. 
that our joy may be complete. Now, there's some translations that say our joy is actually your joy. So there's a double joy here. But he's saying, I think the most accurate translation is that our joy may be complete. So when you begin to read this and you're saying, okay, our joys may be complete by what and by how? It's saying that when we proclaim who Jesus is and that we share the good news of Jesus Christ, there's something happens in our proclamation of who Jesus is. It's actually saying that our joy is complete. Look at it again. He's saying when we began to proclaim the manifestation of like, we gave our testimony. I tell you, we saw Jesus. We lived with Jesus. He is who he says he is. And if you're a believer, if you've given your life to Jesus, now I'm mindful there's some here that are still on this faith journey, and maybe you haven't given your life to Christ yet. But if you came with somebody who knows Jesus, you need to ask them about who is this Jesus. Because we want to have the joy for you be manifest. See, I could tell you all about Jesus, but it's my joy <laughs> when I tell you about that. But when each one of you, young people here, other older people of all ages and stages of life, when you have the opportunity to share your testimony, to share, proclaim what Jesus has done for you, you have a story, don't you? This is what your life was before Jesus, and then Jesus found you, and you said yes to Jesus, and this is how your life is today. Not perfect, but yet you find this peace. And when you share, proclaim, it says that your joy is made complete, that our joy is made complete when we share Christ. In Luke chapter 2, um, this is the account of Jesus' arrival on earth, and it says, The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you great news, or good news, of great joy. Can you say great joy? That will be for all people. See, the, the heart of God is that all people would experience this great joy because of the good news of Jesus Christ. For unto you, born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is, who is Christ the Lord. See, we find joy. You'll see this on your screen. We'll find joy when we tell others about Jesus. So where do you find joy? That's right. It's not in pleasure. It's not in money. It's not in accomplishments. We will find our joy when we tell others about Jesus. And, and I know already this is striking fear into some of you. Like, what? I've got to share my faith? Well, somebody did with you. You came to Christ not just by probably on your own. Somebody shared the good news of Jesus Christ to you. So you're shy, okay? So I understand you're shy, but I want to help you overcome your shyness so that this Advent season, this Christmas season, that you can experience joy in the midst of our world global pandemic, in the midst of closures, in the midst of small gatherings, in the midst of all of this. So tips for sharing Jesus with others. Here we go. First and foremost, share your own story. This is so, like, it's so easy just to be able to say, this is what my life was before Jesus. But how do you start that conversation? I know that is the question you're asking, right? You're already beginning to think, my workplace, okay, you can't do that during work, you got to do it at your lunch hour, 
Maybe you're talking, thinking about school, your classmates. Maybe you're talking about family gatherings that people don't know um, Jesus yet. But here's, here's some great lines for you to start with, if you want to write these down. Do you know why I'm so excited for Christmas? There you go. Ask a question. Do you know why I'm so excited for Christmas? I'll be like, why? Like, you're going to get some, uh, like a new car? You're going to like, that's what they're thinking. No, can I tell you, because I get to celebrate there's your, now, there's your opening. They said, no, tell me why. Because I get to celebrate Jesus. Do, do you want to hear what Jesus has done in my life? It's not offensive at that point. You're not trying to push anything on anybody. You're just sharing your story. But it begins a way to open a conversation, right? I'm excited for Christmas this year. Do you want to know why? And then you, you say, you know, my life wasn't always this way. Tell me about what your life was like. Well, can I, can I tell you? Yes, so let me tell you. And then you have the opportunity to share what Jesus has done for you. And when you proclaim the good news, and, and here's the thing, all you're doing is pro, you're proclaiming the good news by sharing what Jesus has done for you. You don't have to lead them in the sinner's prayer at that point. But as they begin to ask questions about who is this Jesus and and Jesus is with you. He lives with you. He's close, and he gives you peace, and he forgives you from all your mistakes. How do I get to know this, Jesus? And when the question comes, then you, then you can tell them how to know Jesus. Well, here's another great way um, to start a conversation. Here's another great way to start a conversation. And if the worship team wants to come back up at this time, I know a nice, quick, short message for you here um, uh, this morning. I didn't want to be overwhelming for you today because of, I know the turkey coma was putting you guys to sleep. So, but here's the thing. Here's another great way, stay with me, don't get distracted by people moving around, to share about Jesus. I love Christmas time because there's so much imagery that we can use. As you carry around some candy canes, I want a candy cane shore, or, hey, do you know what the candy cane symbols all about? No. What is it all about? Um, the hook represents, you know, the shepherds that went to go see Jesus. The, the very first, first proclamation of that Jesus was born to shepherds, these nobodies. And, and you know, the red and the white on there, the red represents um, Jesus's blood that was spilled for us. I know that kind of sounds weird, but... <laughs> Uh, and the white represents that we're made white as snow. Use imageries. Do you know why we put up Christmas trees every year? Because Christmas tree is an evergreen, representing ever the life everlasting that we have through Christ Jesus. Everlasting life. Oh, the imagery goes on. Mistletoe, uh, wreaths. Um, there's so much that you could just do a Google search. Christmas symbols and uh, Christian meanings. And it gives you a whole slew of information to have conversations while you're engaged with people. But I'll tell you what, when you begin to bridge those gaps to share some of those things about proclaiming who Jesus is, your joy tank is going to go, right? It tells us that our joy is made complete when we proclaim who Jesus is. I'm just giving you tips and tricks to teach you how to know that you can have confidence 
to proclaim who Jesus is. So to increase your joy this Christmas, start sharing who Jesus is. You can increase your joy this Christmas by sharing Christ. I was reaching out to um, somebody who's only been able to watch online uh, for a while, a younger gal um, that came to Christ in my living room. I had the privilege of sharing Jesus with her probably two, three years ago. And I was just reaching out to her. I said, hey, um, hope you're doing well. And um, she wrote back and says, I'm doing great. Looking forward to connecting with you guys. And then she writes on and says, you wouldn't believe what just happened. I had the opportunity to share Jesus with a friend in New York and where I was. And she goes, it was the most incredible thing. (laughs) AKA, or in other words, it means, you know what? I've never felt such joy. I've never felt such joy. But you see, that's what it was meant to happen. That is meant to, as people come to Christ, they're to share their lives of what Jesus has done for people and proclaim who he is. But yet, like C.S. Lewis tells us, we are too easily swayed to the things of this world that we think might give us joy, but leave us empty. So the next few weeks, we're going to unpack some other items that are going to help you fill your joy tank. You ready for this? You ready to go on this journey with us to have this Christmas be the most joy-filled Christmas this year? I think you can do it. Many times I invite people to know Christ at the end of each service, but today I'm going to leave that up to you. If you brought somebody, if you see somebody you don't know, introduce yourself, tell them maybe your story, your Jesus story. If you brought somebody especially that you know maybe doesn't have faith yet, I would encourage you to take some time today to express what your life was like before Jesus and how Jesus has helped you walk through this life that you're in right now. Because I want the joy for you, not just for me. I want your joy to be complete. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church. Then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.